On today's edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, Felicity Jones, From Star Wars to a Supreme Court Justice, in her new film, On the Basis of Sex. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. As I said, today's guest, the fantastically talented Felicity Jones. You know her, of course, from her Oscar-nominated role in The Theory of Everything and her leading role in Star Wars Rogue One. I guess it was Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, if I'm getting the official title down. Whatever it was called, it was an amazing movie. (laughs) She was fantastic in it. She's always... um, just a stellar performer and she once again acquits herself very well uh playing none other than the notorious rbg ruth bader ginsburg in her new film on the basis of sex uh a very entertaining film from director mimi leader uh that is um you know it's a biopic of sorts it's not ruth bader ginsburg's entire life it's more about um her early days going to law school, coming into her, her own, and a very key uh, uh, court case that she was involved with alongside her husband, played by uh, another Happy Sad Confused veteran, Mr. Army Hammer. They're both fantastic in the film. Recommend this one. It is out in theaters. Uh, and it's a special project because, you know, we're living in crazy times, and, and to celebrate the likes of Supreme Court Justice uh, Ginsburg is... Uh, is a worthy a worthy thing to do. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Felicity the day after her New York premiere of On the Basis of Sex, and I have to say it was one of the more um, special premieres I've been to. Um, in the audience was Gloria Steinem, uh, Hillary Clinton, and Justice Ginsburg herself, who stayed for a Q&A after the film. Um, made for a very... Um, heightened kind of atmosphere for that uh, premiere, but um, I'm glad I I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I saw the movie. Period. But I'm glad I was there that particular night. Just wanted to give you some context uh, because we do mention her mixing it up with the likes of those luminaries the night before. Uh, Felicity is just uh, fantastic. She's she's um, you know always very open and and and, and sweet and, and 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 thoughtful and funny and and all the good things. And I'm I'm always happy to see her. And uh, we've never had this kind of a, a long form conversation. So uh, a real thrill to have her on the podcast. Uh, this is, of course, our first Happy Sad Confused of 2019. I hope you guys had a great uh, New Year celebration. Um, I'm actually taping this right before the New Year. Um, so I'm hoping I had a good New Year celebration, too. We can only hope for the best. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity to look back a little bit at 2018 in film. Uh, shockingly, I still I still haven't finalized my top 10 list. I'm so damn behind on this guys it, it always it always like stresses me out um i had to vote in like one uh, organization i'm a part of so i kind of gave my i think a top five i had to give then but it's changing every day and i'm still catching up on films in particular i have not seen nearly enough of the great foreign films that were released in 2018 um so this list is going to change but if you're looking for a Josh Horowitz top 10-ish kind of list. I'm going to recite for you. I think these are actually 14 movies. This is my top 14, 14 movies that I really loved in 2018. I'm just going to give it to you in alphabetical order with as little commentary as possible. But if you share my taste, if you feel like you vibe with what I like, here are the movies that I loved in 2018. Uh, We're going to begin with everyone's favorite, A Star is Born. 
beautiful love story, uh, very effective. Bradley Cooper kills it uh, in front of and behind the camera. Uh, behind the camera, uh, Black Klansman, one of Spike Lee's uh, best films. Period. Certainly one of his best in many years. I've seen it a couple times. Fantastic. Can you ever forgive me? Uh, I've talked about this movie a bunch on the podcast. We had Richard E. Grant on. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie. Set in '90s New York, directed by Mario Heller. Melissa McCarthy gives a performance like she's never given before. Um, just a great slice of life of about New York characters uh, that I adored. The favorite, um, Yorgos Lanthimos's uh, latest um, really dark comedy, fantastic performances. Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weiss is so good in this. Emma Stone, uh, Nicholas Holt, our old buddy, fantastic in it. Loved it. First Man, uh, great filmmaking, great craft. Um, Damien Chazelle knocks it out of the park again. First Reformed, a haunting, intense film featuring a stellar performance from Ethan Hawke, uh, directed by the one and only Paul Schrader. Game Night, not enough people have given love to Game Night. Maybe my favorite like out-and-out comedy of the year. Uh, really great filmmaking, too. Usually in comedies, you don't see, like, uh, you know, uh, they kind of, like I feel like, go the lazy route in comedies in terms of from a filmmaking standpoint. Game Night is great. Jesse Plemons for the win for supporting uh, performance. Green Book, loved Green Book. The leading performances from Viggo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, fantastic. Um, just a, a real... Uh, heartwarming story leaves you leave the theater feeling great and it's uh, I, I really enjoyed it uh, on the other side of the spectrum is hereditary um, probably the most disturbing film of the year a great horror film from a young filmmaker featuring an amazing performance from Tony Collette Mission Impossible Fallout uh, Maybe the best franchise going nowadays is what Chris McQuarrie and Tom Cruise is doing with the Mission Impossible series. They raise the bar yet again in this one. Just pure, great popcorn entertainment. Uh, Roma from Alfonso Cuaron. Impeccable filmmaking, emotional. Uh, it will hit you uh, in the heart by the end of this film. It is sublime. I highly recommend it. And it's on Netflix. If you can't get out to a theater, just check it out in the comfort of your own uh, home. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What a thrilling animation. What a new take uh, on the Spider-Man story uh, that we haven't seen before. A uh, true comic book lover's dream. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is fantastic. Vice. Uh, I was just talking uh, on the last podcast to Adam McKay. I adore Vice. It is uh, very funny, disturbing, um, and says a lot about the times that we're living in. And finally, uh, You Were Never Really Here. Uh, a film that you may not have heard of. It got a little attention earlier in the year. It should have gotten more uh, from Lynn Ramsey starring Joaquin Phoenix, kind of a taxi driver for our times. Um, one of the best of 2018, without a doubt. So another hell of a year in the books, 2018 in movies, according to Josh Horowitz. Uh, if you guys are interested in checking out uh, my picks, uh, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz, uh, and tell me if you agree or disagree. In the meantime, remember, review, rate, and subscribe to Happy, Sad, Confused, spread the good word, and enjoy this conversation with the star of On the Basis of Sex. Remember to check it out in theaters now, Miss Felicity Jones. Hi. 
it's so nice to be here. It's good to oh, see you, Felicity. I just can't tell you how nice it is to be in your office. <laughs> we try to create, by we, I mean me and my, my, as you can see, I have so many staff members here. I know. Me and my multiple it's personalities. Huge, huge team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a chat, you know? We, it's, it's something that's a lost art, I feel like, in the uh, publicity game. It does, yeah. Just kind of get back to basics. Back and, to basics. And it's nice being in, um, in uh, such a, such a, Magical space, actually. Magical window, windowless space. Yeah, it's actually lovely to be surrounded by movie posters because that's what, it does get rather abstract when obviously you're talking about a film a lot. You have to remind yourself how much you do love films yes. and you don't just talk about them, right. about and one film, your exactly. own film. You and talk about, it. you enjoy lots of films. And does the person talking to me, do you really like movies or do you like just holding a microphone? What's the, what's the truth here? The, the, the passion of the movies is the thing that brings me... That brings me here today. Okay, good. We're, we're on the uh, without, same page. Without, without a doubt, yeah. Oh. I, um, I actually, it's one of my favorite things to do on, um, on, a, on a press tour is to, as much as possible, if I have downtime, I just put on a movie, even if I only watch 15 minutes, yeah. just to engage with another narrative. And, and it's, it's the ultimate relaxing thing to do. And it, it takes your mind off your own dreadful solipsism and self-hatred, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I've always loved cinema. <laughs> what have you been watching lately? Have you caught up are you in the screener season Have yeah you in all the good stuff? yeah i'm in the midst of it i am i mean the favorite is just fantastic oh yeah, yeah. i yeah beautiful so um he's just got such a fabulous taste and everything and i just i absolutely loved it yeah loved it um so I, I you saw me, we saw each other very briefly at your soiree last night. Uh, congratulations on the movie on the basis of sex is of course the new one um i feel like you you had you know if I wasn't going to come away loving your movie last night, then th something was wrong because I was sitting like three rows behind Hillary Clinton, three rows ahead of Gloria Steinem. RBG was to my right. It was like, you guys stack the deck. I get it. It was a, it was a power women room. That's for sure. It's amazing. Um, did you get to spend some quality time with, with Miss Clinton? And I Steinem? did. I did. Um, we all met each other um, before we went into the screening and, there was a really awesome moment where I was in a I was in a huddle, I was in a group huddle with um, Justice Ginsburg, Hillary Clinton, and Gloria Steinem. And uh, if there's one thing that I will take away from making this film, it is that moment that will be indelibly burnt onto my heart and my retinas. That's pretty special. Yeah, that doesn't go with every film. I mean, you know, you've had a few of these now. I mean, you could probably count theory of everything of, of one of those kind of like special things where it's telling a very important, unique mm. story. Mm. Um, this one, I mean, RBG, Justice Ginsburg, whatever we call her, the icon that is, mm. um, it's, it, it does, you know, it's the cliche. It's, it feels like it's the right time for the story, but it really does feel like... Um, you know, that room, and I feel like any room that's going to see this film is like ready to celebrate what she's contributed. Um, and absolutely, I mean, did you come away? You must have come away with even a, a greater appreciation of her going through this experience, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, uh, I mean, it was definitely nerve wracking initially playing such an icon and, and someone who is so deeply loved, um, and deeply respected, and, and rightly so, even when I you know, was with her last night and, and we had dinner together. Um, I just, I can't help but be overwhelmed and moved by 
who she is and and how she's managed to to navigate her way to a position of power with absolute integrity yeah. uh keeping her soul and herself intact um and she's you know she's continually being in positions of in of injustice and you know she was in a world where no one really wanted her to be there they kept right. looking around being like what are you still doing here you know this isn't for you you should be in the kitchen yeah. go away yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she she remained um and stayed and fought and, and managed to very carefully and in a very sophisticated way that kept a sense of unity and kept everyone on side. She managed to, to change the system. Um, and there's not many people who've been able to do that in, in our history. Um, so, yeah, so looking at her last night, I just thought, how we're so lucky to have someone like you in power with principles fully Absolutely. intact. Um, looking at the, the, the film, and I'm sure we can get the script, I mean, were you some things must still resonate in terms of these kind of like microaggression kind of small things that still exist to this day. I mean, I feel like if any woman I talk to probably has been told to smile a little bit more. Um, yeah. That I must think resonate with you, with anybody. I think that's it. I think you're, yeah, the, you're, ta you're tapping into it. It's that, because I've been thinking about this and I, I think what it is, is, is just that slight pressure to be pleasing. Yeah. I think that's something that um, we're still, we're still wrestling with a little bit. Yeah. Um, but but actually, do you know more than ever? I feel like it is, it is the um, it is our time to shine. You yeah. know, with the forces of history and and where they are, um, it, it is we're in a time now um, where we can have a total equality, where we can all rise together, mm. and and that's ultimately what the film is about. It is that one doesn't have to rise to the detriment of another. When we work together, as as Marty and Ruth did, look look what we can do, right. and look what what change we can affect. And I, I now feel we're in this place where where the world has changed, and and we are equals, and. Um, and that has to be embraced on every level. But it yeah. has been interesting screening the film and seeing it in the world. And 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 some people I do think do find it difficult when they they see the film and they sort of they find something a little bit um, almost they don't know how to take it that that the story ends with a woman triumphing alongside her husband with their relationship fully intact right. and she lives at the end. <laughs> you know, that, I can't process this. This, is, this isn't how it's supposed to go down. Exactly. We haven't seen this in film history. Right. It's, it's, it is novel. Um, so that has been absolutely fascinating. But, but that, that is the, that's why we're all so passionate about this film, of putting that yeah. story into the world. Well, it's, it's a heartening film. I think it's going to, in a weird way, like the same way people would be like, the world needs Mary Poppins right now. The world also needs a, a true story like this, a true hero like this, where, like, I think it was Justin, Justice Ginsburg said in the Q&A last night, um, she was quoting her late husband as saying, uh, uh, I think that, like, history is like a pendulum, right? Yeah, the scales. The scales, yeah, the scales, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, as, as we all know, like, the, these have been pretty rough times the last couple of years, and, it, and if there is a silver lining, it is... Um, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, like the day after the election, like I was always, you know, like kind of a liberal and politically active, but like I, I felt myself kind of like feeling like I had to raise my voice. And I feel like many people mm -hmm. are feeling that way. Um, and if there is some good to come of these really scary times, it's that um, necessary action is taking place. Absolutely. That if you raise your voice, you can be heard. Yeah. And change can happen, and that's what that, that's what Justice Ginsburg has, without a doubt, shown us. Yeah. I, I, absolutely, I think um, 
I think the film gives people such great hope that that you the, the status quo can be shifted, right? And and you can fight against that, and how important it is. Well, there are many there are many <clears throat> speeches that are t- talks in the film about like, well, it's been like this for forever. It's been like this for hundreds of years. Why even talk about it? Well, it doesn't change unless we talk about exactly. it. And we, and we And then when and we change the law. I mean, it, it, it's like it's only. It only happens if we address it. Exactly. Uh, the conversation. You yeah. need the conversation to start and then you shift things yeah. without, yeah, without a doubt. So what was, what was the first time, were you in the audience the first time that she was there, that she saw the film? I saw it, the first time I saw it with Justice Ginsburg, um, it was, it's even interesting saying Justice Ginsburg, I know her so well as Ruth. <laughs> um, so I, I often move between the two. Um, but uh, we, we all watched it in Washington together, mm. which was, um, it was, it's been a fascinating experience. And it was a very, very emotional experience for uh, Mimi and I were in tears. Yeah, maybe the, um, Mimi Leader, the director, of Mimi, course, yeah. yeah, Mimi Leader, who has done a phenomenal job. Um, of, of, of making this story completely human and completely accessible mm. um, and, and understanding who Justice Ginsburg is as a, as a human being. Yeah. You know, all the, all the trials and tribulations and all the knockbacks that everyone has and to know that she's had those too <laughs> is really, it's really helpful right. when, you, when you look at her now and, 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 and see the position that she's got to. But, um, but it was just, yeah, it was very special to see the joy on her face For and sure. the... Um, and the love that she has for the film, because if there's one person that you care about liking it, it it's her, you know, all, all the other reviews you're kind of less bothered about than, right. than, than her stamp of approval. And I can't, I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit, but the relationship between uh, her and, and Marty, her husband, her late husband, uh, is, is so sweet. And, and he was clearly um, just a true partner in every mm. conceivable way to her. Mm. Um, and that must have been emotional for her to see that, that yeah. captured as, as you and Army did. Definitely. Well, the first time they um, they screened the film, um, Daniel Stieperman, her nephew who, who wrote the screenplay, he tells the story that um, Justice Ginsburg burst out of the room the film had finished and she walked out of the screening room um, and everyone was sort of nervously waiting. Um, and then... Um, and then Daniel sort of um, turned to his his mother, who's her sister, and I said, "Where has she gone?" And she said, "Oh, she's gone to the bathroom." Um, <laughs> but it was, um, and then she came back and she said, "You know how much she'd 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 loved the film." But what was interesting is 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 um, perhaps how moved she'd been to see the film and, and be reminded, obviously, sure. of of her husband, her yeah. late husband, and and that it was interesting when I, I went to her apartment and um, we had we had coffee together, and she was showing me various things um marty's pots and pans that are still in the kitchen they don't get used so much now because <laughs> justice ginsburg <laughs> is a terrible cook as she says herself but um and she showed me yeah pictures of of her and marty and just in everyone the love and the yeah. respect and the and the just being on the same team and and how you know how if we it just don't like get to see that yeah. yeah yeah we don't get many examples of that um a bit of a, a different vibe, I'm sure, than the Rogue One press tour, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got, so you don't have a, a Wookiee with you, but you have six foot nine uh, Army Hammer, who's yeah, basically exactly, a, a walking, talking exactly. Wookiee. <laughs> and um, Justice Ginsburg, I would say, has the force in her. Definitely. If there's one person you can think of and you'd say who has the force, it would be her, wouldn't you, it? Very uh, true. Very <laughs> true. <everyone. laughs> Um, but it's funny. Yeah, I had uh, I had Diego in recently. Um, uh, is that something that has changed your perspective on sort of the way? Uh, I mean, 
he clearly, look, your career was going amazingly well. A theory of everything had happened and it had kicked it up to another notch and you were getting great opportunities. Um, but in the year plus, I don't even know how many years it's been now, but since Rogue One, do you feel like, it has it changed more of your professional life or personal life of just being like recognized by kids now? Uh, I think uh, I think definitely professional life. Yeah. I mean the the personal uh, that the personal life is is I mean that's almost without sounding too cheesy. But when you do have young you know boys and girls coming up to you, that is um that is always something very special in that because you go you are the future. Yes, <laughs> you know you are the hope. If you care about these films, you know that do have you know strong yeah. strong role models in them, then the world hopefully will will continuing to um hopefully uh be a be a bit of a better place right um but and i th- i think professional side, pro- yeah professionally um definitely it, you know have being in a film that has that that wider reach and yeah. and that affection for it um globally it, it definitely gives you more more say in the stories that you're telling and and, and ultimately that's what i was so passionate about i mean as you are obviously in journalism that's so much of why we do what we do it's the stories that we put out into the world that we care about so being able to have more control uh, in that is is yeah is an absolute blessing now did you okay i spoke to you guys a lot during that press tour and I, i you're a fabulous actor so i don't know how much you were able to mask it at the time like did you have anxiety before the film came out because as you know the okay first put this out there the movie's amazing it turned out Amazing. It also felt like kind of a miracle that it did, given like all the buzz around it at the time. It was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, here we go. This is going to be the one that ruins the track record. Uh, Were, was, was that affecting you? Were you like, I'm going to be the face of the Star Wars film that fails? Well, you just never know. That's what is fascinating. I mean, that's what I think keeps us all in the game. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how something's going to turn out. Yeah. You don't know even, you know, you have the most well-respected director and yeah. these people and it can still be a pile of poo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you never ever know until it hits the screens and and do the ultimately do the audience want to see this film do they care about this narrative so yeah. i mean obviously when it does click it is it is pretty fantastic yeah what are you uh you excited for your buddy diego to get to yeah, play in that sandbox again? yeah definitely definitely and and we had um we had a really, really special time on that film. You know, right. it is kind of, it's on a scale like no other. When you walk onto set and there's about 300 people, <laughs> it, is, um, it is pretty tremendous. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to keep celebrating it. And um, there's such special stories. And I'm, you know, Kathy Kennedy has really pushed right. women in the, in the sci-fi universe. You know, right. obviously there is a, there is a legacy, um, I mean, coming from films like Alien and um, to be able to continue that was was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's go, let's go back for a little bit since we were, you know, in my little movie mecca and we're just geeking <laughs> out here a little bit. OK, so growing up, um, what were you into? What was what, what were on your walls? What was your passion? Uh, well, it was definitely the um, the pinnacle of the 90s blockbuster. <laughs> which we are very similar ages so we probably had a similar like cultural Mm -hmm. currency Mm -hmm. uh so we would go out my mum would drive us in her tiny tiny car and my brother and i'd be like squashed in 
the back and we drive to her favorite cinema which was about um an hour away from from where we lived because she liked this particular cinema because of the quality of the of the sound nice <laughs> so you know <laughs> um yeah that's the kind of detail that i am used to <laughs> there's not dolby surround here it's going to be another half hour but we're going to make the trip totally, okay felicity totally. all right mom that's growing up with a total cinephile awesome. yeah yeah it sets the bar high and was she exposing you to every kind of a movie or yeah yeah definitely i mean we would at this particular multiplex you know we were seeing i mean the adams family was a particular so favorite by the way adams family values underrated uh, sequel yes, exactly <laughs> so good i admire that commitment um, and then obviously all the, the world that sprung off it and the MC Hammer track that then uh, my brother and I would imitate the dancing to really badly. You know, the chicken dance? Yes. Right? <laughs> For those that w- wonder, I just saw Felicity do the chicken dance. <laughs> yes, it's, sitting down. Yes, I, <laughs> um, wait, oh, I read something, some random thing. You made a reference, not in the film world. We'll go back to films in a second. You mentioned something that I've not thought of for about 25, 30 years. <laughs> Sylvanian family. Oh, my goodness. I only remember the commercials. Do you remember the commercials for some of Yeah. It's funny how you block out so much of your childhood. Wait, I'm going to pull it up while we talk yeah, because it's, it, it really was like, it was a moment when you like mentioned in another interview. I was like, why do I know that? what that is? Oh, my God. I know that jingle. I know that jingle. But you actually played with the toys. Yeah. I never did. Were, well, you, were you into the, into the, do you remember the, there was a school no, there was is this associated with Sylvanian? Yeah, okay. so they had a, there was a yeah, so there was um there was a Sylvanian school. Is the this Sylvanian... the Sylvanian cinematic universe? The... Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is the future. Bring back the Sylvanians. Wait, here, here, here's the I'm commercial. looking for the next project. This could be it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Oh, the little outfit! It's very creepy looking at this. To be honest, there you are, basically. You're the young young lady. Yeah, that shot of her picking up the doll was particularly scary. Yeah, they're little mice, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, that was it—the tiny crib. You put them in the tiny crib. To collect and love. Yeah. Hours of fun. Amazing. So you 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 would play with your little Sylvanian family and create little your own little narratives. Yes, little scenarios in the <laughs> Sylvanian windmill as well. That was a huge part of it. And I think there was a was there a Sylvanian car? That might have been something else. <laughs> Can't remember. I was more into like Transformers and GoBots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so okay, so when did you start to get semi serious about the acting? Because you've been acting basically your entire life, it seems. Yeah, I started when I was about ten years right. old. Um, um, but it came very much from a, a hobby. Uh, my parents actually, um, they were worried that I was very shy and I was very sort of reserved. And they right. thought, how can we bring her out of herself? So they um, they looked at various sort of drama clubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then I, I, you know, I sort of was like, I'm not sure about this. And I, I went to um, a great drama group called mm-hmm. the Central Junior Television Workshop. And I had an audition for that. Um, and then the moment I actually got into the room you know I'd been a little bit hesitant at first I just felt oh I felt like I'd come home it was a really odd feeling at such a young age yeah. at kind of 10 years old I thought these are my people <laughs> <laughs> you weirdos are all like yeah, me exactly. 
exactly. That's what we're all trying to find, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. I think, and partly probably being a bit, in some ways, a bit of an outsider at school mm. and, and not kind of finding your beat or your track and, and feeling a little at odds. And then suddenly I came to this drama club and, you know, we were all just such goofs, just goofing around. And I just loved it. So... Like, how well were you doing as, like, a young, as, like, a 12-year-old to a 14-year-old, like, in the acting game? Like, were you, like, providing for the family? Like, were you, like, I, I don't, I have no sense of, like... Were you Judy Garland? Well, I no. see, I see the early, like, credits, and I'm, like, with all due respect, it didn't enter my world. But maybe if I was growing up in Britain, maybe I would have. Yeah, no, it wasn't, um, it kind of, it wasn't sort of that formalized for me. It was very much just something that I did in my school holidays. And right. and I always, I, I always wanted a bit of a balance between it. I did a TV series. Series, the Worst Witch, when I right. was about twelve or thirteen, and um, and then I was going to go on to do the second series, and I remember, but I was desperate to go on the, on our family holiday. You know, mm. we all used to go away with all my, my cousins and my aunt and uncles, and I was so sad at the thought of missing the family holiday that I decided that I didn't want to go back and do a second oh my, a second season. I know. What kind of actor are you? I know. <laughs> Sacrifice family, but, everything, it, your sanity it, for a third season it, of a TV show no one will ever remember. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I thought instead I'm going to go on the holiday okay. and I'm not going to go back. Um, and I was just thinking about that the other day and I was thinking, I wonder what that was about. And I think it was ultimately about... Um, which doesn't sound very sort of um, jazzy and cool, but it's about balance. You yeah. know, we come back to the scales. Yes. <laughs> the scales that Justice Ginsburg <laughs> talks about is that maybe the, a healthy, happy way is, 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 is the equilibrium. Do you have that sense to this day where you're like, I've been working too much, like, and I need to like, kind of like preserve um, that other life that I've been denying? Or do you feel like now you kind of have the natural rhythms and you know the, how to protect yourself and protect your sanity? And I think so. I mean, I think everyone, we all have that battle, don't we? Sure. It's like keeping... Ideally, you want you want them to be in harmony. I mean, yeah. you kind of want them to feed into each other and, right. and, and harness one another, I right. think, ultimately. So, okay, so going back to the timeline, what's the first... Like, do you remember the first time that you were working with, like actors that you truly revere like another generation of actor that felt like this is like I'm surrounded by by important folks yeah yeah and having and having that sense of it I, I think um I think initially the first person that I was really taken with um was actually um on, I did a thing called the treasure seekers mm. and the direct it was a female director called Juliet May mm -hmm. And I think that's the first time I sort of was going, oh, wow, this is really special because it was the first time I saw a woman in that position, um, which I, you know, hadn't hadn't come across before. So right. I feel um, it was that was definitely my kind of first like, oh, goodness, this is interesting yeah. um, a moment. And then obviously along the way, you can't help. You do become a, um, you, you absorb so much, I think, from the people that you work with, right. particularly and continue to do so, actually. And, and definitely working with Helen Mirren was a moment of seeing someone who's just cool. That was on, that was, that was on The Tempest, the Julie yeah, production. Yeah, and she was just cool on set, <laughs> and she didn't demand lots of attention, and she was meticulous in front of their camera, and that she set a bit of a gold standard for me yeah. from, from then on. Not that I was, like, going around being a... Right, yeah, know. everybody knows the early days of Felicity <laughs> like when she went... Throwing my weight around, exactly. <laughs> like, 
Go away. You did know, you, none of that. Did you have a, a peer group of actors that you kind of feel like you kind of came of age with that Definitely. Are still in it? Yeah, I remember doing, um, uh, I was going to make this film, uh, which was an improvised film mm. uh, in England, which was a, a love story set in the Second World War. And, um, and it, we were doing auditions for the male role. And at that time, it was um, the people who came in were Eddie Redmayne was the first uh, person auditioning. And then it was Andrew Garfield. And then it was Tom Hardy. Um, wow. But, but, yeah, I know. <laughs> Not bad. So talk about a kind of school of, yeah, coming up in a school of actors. I like it's to pretty... see their different approaches. Because those yeah, are three. Yeah, I'm going to find those tapes. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the Tom Hardy one. I'm going to be honest oh, with yeah, you. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I have a beat on the other two. Tom's a unique character. Yeah. Have you, so have you worked with it? Did he end up in that film with you? Well, or no? I didn't. Tom and I actually worked together. We did a TV series called, um, uh, that didn't make it to the second season <laughs> uh called um called cape wrath um okay so that was um yeah that was the uh art we didn't make that film together but then we did this tv show together and yeah he's ace he's very cool oh my god he's unbelievable yeah the, they all um, had such different approaches i mean yeah it's yeah. interesting you, so i mean the first time i think i probably and many uh, became aware of you was um like crazy was the drake doremus two one of two projects i guess you've worked with drake on um that made quite a splash at Sundance, as I recall. Was that a, is that an indelible memory of being at Sundance with Drake and Anton for that? Yeah, definitely. I just remember laughing my head off all the time with those two. I think yeah. we did one interview where they pretended to be brothers. <laughs> <laughs> did they true. warn you about it? Like, what, what's my role in this improv sketch? No, I think they got to that point where, you know, you've sort of been talking about the film for days on end right. and you slightly lose your head and then they were just kind of going off on a bit of a tangent. But but that was true to, to making of the film. It was um. Yeah, so what, it was give me a sense of that again. Experience. I know you've talked about that a lot, but like, was, was it... Was was there a script for that or was it? No, no, it was, um, I'd just been making a film in England, um, called Chalet Girl, uh -huh. which was a, you know, romantic comedy and, and, and was all so much of the performance in that film is about timing and right. you have to be on the beat, you know, to make the joke work and that sort of thing. And right. then, um, and then I went into like crazy, which was so the opposite, you know, I literally touched down in Los Angeles and I was making this improvised film with, with Drake and I were the same age at the same time, at the, at the, at the the time we were yeah. making it and it felt you know the three of us we felt like these pioneers we were you know it felt really rock and roll yeah, when we were making it this. Be all, yeah. exactly and that and there was you know there were no sort of uh, you didn't have to hit your mark right. or any of that stuff it was very kind of free form and, and a pretty formative experience I know I'm going to be uh, at Sundance again this year I guess there's a documentary that's uh, about Anton's uh, yes yeah work, yeah I'm looking forward to checking I out. can't wait to see yeah unbelievable yeah he was still, a still tremendous hard to fathom, actor I'm sure for you yeah yeah, yeah and person yeah. beautiful person um so in, in, in the wake of that, I think, you know, we could jump ahead, of course, to something like Theory of Everything. But I'm, I'm curious, like, before that, if you felt like, you know, the quote-unquote, like, big breaks, whatever, the big markers in a career. Because, I, you know, I was go going back and I was reminded that, like, you had one that actually almost happened that might have changed things a little more prematurely, which was the Warren Beatty project. Yes, yeah. So you were attached to that. For, I, yeah, I worked with um, Warren on that film for about two years. I was going to say, because, so, like, I know, you know, I, I obviously being a film geek, like, like, you can tell I am, and I actually had Warren for the podcast, which was an amazing oh, treat. Um, I can only imagine the hours 
hours you spent, the days you spent with Warren. He does not just sort of like cast somebody. He's you're in his life. Yeah, and it was it was actually um, fascinating because um, at one point Eddie had also been wow. um, was going to be in the film at different times. Yeah, um, and actually Warren Beatty. Um, he, it was a real education spending that time with him and so much of what we'd both learned from him, we took into theory of everything. He wow. was very much a sort of, um, you know, his voice was in our heads going into that film because obviously you watch films like Reds, um, his incredible selection of films and what he gets is always a spontaneity and a humanity and fused with a with a technique and telling the story um so it was almost like because i i didn't go to drama school that was almost like a bit of an immersion in 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 the school of you know i mean all parts of filmmaking really just just spending time with him and hanging out with his kids and 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 being with his um with obviously with Annette as yeah. well. So so were those conversations about films and filmmaking or just life? I mean like is he, is, is he the kind of guy that talk craft and talk like uh, yeah, he so, like also has every story known to man. He's like he's like the personification of like the last hundred years of film. He's met like. everyone you could possibly <laughs> think of uh, throughout film history. It was um no it was very much um an education. Yeah. I mean obviously working with um with Elia Kazan and um, and he had obviously learned so much from him. So, I mean, that's what was, that was, what it was amazing about it, getting that inside track on, you know, all those, those film heroes and heroines and, and getting, you know, getting to know, sort of see behind the curtain, I guess. So by the time you get, and that one, for whatever reason, it came, it went through a lot of different iterations, I know, um, didn't end up happening for you. But when something like Theory of Everything happens for you and Eddie, are you by that time, like, you know, you've been in the business, you've had films that have probably been said to be this is going to be the one this is going to be the one that changes everything and it had and it doesn't always happen that way so like when something like that comes around and you've got a quality filmmaker an amazing story it seems like on paper it's going to be the right thing do you go in optimistic or kind of like are you protecting yourself from disappointment yeah i think um i think you have to I mean, you have to believe in the story. You have to, I guess. Yeah. What a heart, what a shitty way to live your life to I go know. with everything if pessimistic. You're always, and if you're always just <laughs> looking at the future, you yeah. know, you can't, I mean, you can't really predict that. Um, I think there was something in theory that was quite powerful is, is the, when, um, when Stephen by necessity has the screen in front yeah. of him, um, and communicates through the screen. There was something about that that was tapping into where we all are now. That actually Stephen Hawking was aeons ahead of us all right. because now we all communicate through screens. Yep. And there was something in the modernity of that, in that um, that almost the fusion of of the human and the machine, which he which he became at the end, end of his life, yeah. which enabled him obviously to continue to communicate that was sort of predicting where, kind of where we are now. It's fascinating. I haven't thought about it that and way. And that yeah. took it into a universal sphere. So right. it wasn't just in the, in the domestic space. Um, also must have been uh, just a joy to go through that ex- that kind of crazy whirlwind with someone like Eddie, who, yeah. who has a good head on his shoulders, to yeah, say the least. Yeah, totally. I mean, he we just push each other, and we've just been working together with right. Tom Harper, and right. the three of us, um, you know, were like maniacs. We just couldn't <laughs> we couldn't leave a scene until every every stone was unturned, and we'd explored every iteration of possibility. <laughs> he, he he broke on the film as you know he's he he got hurt but you you 
you came out of it unscathed, I take um, it? So you're okay? I bruised a few ribs. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't we realize what kind of a film this was. I was, t- I was talking to him recently about it. Uh, it's called The Aeronauts. And I was like, it sounds like, oh, it's like a lovely, they go up in a hot air balloon. It's a, it's a nice little rom-com. No, this is like an intense tale of survival. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Will they, will they make it at the end of the movie? Yeah. It was, um, yeah. It was definitely a trial by fire. Okay, something we'll be talking about a year from now or so, probably. We'll be back here, hopefully with all my limbs intact. Well, you got through it, so I don't don't know what you're planning the next year on the press tour. Exactly, who knows what could happen. We'll be mocking up stunts. Don't make me go up in a hot air balloon to interview you. My my wife's been begging me. She wants to go up in a hot air balloon for years, and like we actually went... We were going one time, but as you know, the winds have to be just right. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's a perilous experience, I have to <laughs> you're say. Like, I can tell. Your eyes are saying, like, I know a lot, I can tell you, Josh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so would you recommend now, having gone through this experience, should I acquiesce to my wife and go up on a hot air balloon, or is it too dangerous? Absolutely not. I would never <laughs> set foot in one ever again. <laughs> That's amazing. You're too reliant on those uh, these winds. Oh, <laughs> That's for sure. You have really given me a great gift today. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay tethered to the ground. That's what I'd say. Perfect, perfect. So well, you alluded to something that you and both Eddie share, which is uh, meticulousness, like a, a real kind of like as you said, not leaving any any stone unturned. Um, has that always been the case? Is that just sort of like that's that's your method? That's what gives you, you uh, joy in a weird way? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. The self-hatred. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's why <laughs> you're welcome here. Just a total sure masochist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, how else are you going to do it? I know, right? <laughs> I don't trust the people that are satisfied with themselves. Exactly. I mean, how, how did anyone get anywhere by really loving themselves? I mean, come on. It's <laughs> a good message to the kids out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just accept the hate for yourself and move on. Totally, totally. <laughs> We're all fucked up. Uh, yeah, it's okay. embrace it. <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, you would probably empathize. It's a sort of perfectionism, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah. and and how and how to harness that in the in the healthiest way possible, which is um, which is a, a trial in itself. Is the, is there fear involved at this point? I mean, is there? This is one of those cliche questions, but but I I often ask it. But I'm curious, like. Do you have fear going into a job? Is that part and parcel? I'm starting to think that I really like fear. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this about myself. And then increasingly I'm thinking... Wow, somehow that's that's um that seems to be increasingly important to me. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I remember when I was younger I used to um really enjoy throwing myself off a very very high diving board. Oh, we're not talking uh, metaphors here. You're uh, like, I didn't know where that was going. You're like, no, literally yeah, I threw myself. Yeah. Well, the sort of literal is then yeah, segueing into the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, and so definitely I'm starting to realize I, I get a bit of a thrill. I get, I get it. I mean, relating it to like my, my job, like I've done a lot of like live stuff over the years and I'm always like, having done this a long time, you would think at this point, it's like eh, a piece of cake. Never. Never. I'm the, always the jitters right before. And at the same time, as you were saying, it's like, it's kind of an adrenaline rush. It's a high. It's like, it's, you want to be kind of right on that edge of fear and excitement. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, what is it? I guess it's the unknown, isn't it? Yeah. It's- knowing that it could go to hell and then makes it more satisfying when it doesn't. Absolutely, absolutely. You're kind of like, you're just throwing yourself in out there. Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe so much of your life, you kind of fool yourself into thinking that you can control everything. Right. And ultimately, we know we can't. Right. <laughs> and so to make that situation a reality is somehow yeah. madly uh, inspiring. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm curious. So in the wake of, of, especially the last few years, in the wake of like theory, in the wake of Rogue One, has it been 
more challenge. I mean, you have more choice than ever. Like now you actually have choice as an actor where like early in a career, as you well know, it's just sort of like, you'll hire me. Great. Like, where's the next gig? Has that been liberating or also daunting in a way and kind of like you can now steer the course of your own career to a degree? Yeah, I, I think I think to a degree, you know, I'm sort of nodding. Going, yeah, yeah. You're I know, like, I know, not I know, really, Josh. It may yeah. seem like that, but nope, still. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what's happening you in two months. Choice. You, don't have to, you don't feel like you have choices among roles now? I think so. I mean, I think always you've got to exercise a little bit of choice, you know, even when, you know, you're, I mean, for the most part, you, you know, you're trying to pay the rent um, right. as much as you can. I feel like you kind of, I mean, I find ultimately you try and do stuff that you ha you have a shred of belief in and that yeah. and that's and that hopefully kind of aligns with with your view of your world view right um but i yeah definitely i think um i think you get to have a bit more of a wider perspective and a bit more context right um so that you get to you know you're not just looking the role is a part of that but also you're you you're looking at what is this film saying in the world right and definitely having more of a say in that is is really exciting Right, which obviously speaks to the film we're here we're talking yeah, about today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at the same time, you're talking about you, we were talking about someone like Warren Beatty. It's like so there's certain actors that have like lived their life on like what they've said no to, and like making themselves a little bit um, scarce is not the worst thing in the world, I guess. Um, I mean, there look, there are different ways to skin a cat. There's Samuel L. Jackson who'll do six <laughs> movies a year, and three of them are great, and three of them are going to go direct to DVD, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's how you like to live your life yeah. as well, ultimately, yeah. isn't it? But it does. It seems like, as you say, it seems like there's no rhyme or reason. No, no. no, no one has the perfect formula. That's why you're here today, to come up with a perfect formula. Yeah. And you failed me. I know, <laughs> no, I know. It's okay. I tried really hard. No, no. Again, you've done really good things. You've brought me back to Sylvanian families, and you've ensured that I'm not going to die in a hot air balloon okay, accident. good, good. <laughs> I'm ensuring that your life continues. <laughs> I lived a podcast another day. Um, uh, what is the, what's the next gig, you know? what you're shooting next? Uh, well, um, well, Aaron Watts is coming out next right. year. And then I'm just, I'm reading and, and yeah. looking at various things and, and finding that thing that, you know, that makes you go, I'm going to be really scared. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have to do this. <laughs> if I don't do this, then, um, then I will not have lived my life. Have you ever done theater here in New York? I haven't, but I'm... Is that I'm, intriguing at yeah, all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, theater is... Uh, you always come, you know, you sound a bit grandiose. You always come back to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> As I've been saying <laughs> yes, since exactly. I was a wee. <laughs> The theater. I mean, it is an art form that has you know, endured thousands of years, but you do, it does kind of prepare you for anything, yeah. you know, even in, in terms of press and often, you know, you're talking about the same thing and, and sure. theatre gives you the the key to unlock that because obviously that's what you do in theatre. So, um, so I, yeah, I'm looking to, to, to come back to that in the right play and in the right circumstances. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. Cause you, you've been in, in New York for, for a second. Have you had a chance to see anything? Or no? um, you're, you're on the publicity tour. You're doing like the Q&As like crazy. No, I am. Um, I can't wait to actually be an audience member and just, yeah, just to go. And I, whenever I kind of finish eating, I just try and go yeah. and absorb as much as possible. So I'm desperate to see Hamilton, which everyone says that despite the hype, it is still as good. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, hoping to see that having, um, we're having, um, my husband a couple of days in New York just oh, to nice. chill and, and go and see things. There's a lot of good stuff. There's apparently, um, 
the new Jez Butterworth play I hear is amazing, The it's Ferryman. Excellent, yes. Um, and it's, I'm seeing Network tomorrow. I can oh, report back on that. Thing. That was the thing, yeah. That's had fabulous reviews, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, this very interesting director, Yvonne Van Hove, yes. right? Who's like, yeah. does, I saw him do what it was, The Crucible a couple of years ago, which was an interesting take yeah, on that really too. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, and that story is really pertinent for now, isn't yes, it? Yes, I've always loved yeah. that. I mean, that's a classic. That's a perfect film. And, yeah. and yes, again, in like every time. Yes, yeah. in this time, it's going to be, I think, all the more... Um, Special. Um, you mentioned the favorite. What do you get inspired by? Certain actors? Are there certain actors on your list that you always need to sort of see what they're up to? Yeah. Well, I mean, I always come back to Meryl Streep. Yeah. I watched. Um, I watched It's Complicated on the plane <laughs> so again. Good. I think for about the fifty millionth time. Like, how does that film never tire? I feel like Nancy Myers films are like the perfect like. <laughs> Airplane. I don't mean that as a dig. Like it's a. They're just all great on an airplane. Well, <laughs> Good comfort food. They're there's like something. Yeah, there's something in. Um, well, I love that fusion between humor and drama. Mm-hmm. There's some of my favorite. Well, you know, cinema history of cinema. Yeah. Some of my favorite films are, are, are filmmakers who who do that. And obviously, Meryl Streep always gets that combination. She makes it so easy. I know. Well, it was. Yeah, I totally agree. Again, we're kind of roughly uh, same a- a- age. So like, I always think of like the, the James L. Brooks movies, broadcast news like that, that. They just, I mean, again, I sound like an old man. They don't make them like that anymore, but they really, that it doesn't even like exist. It feels like, I mean, if it does exist, it's sometimes in like a Sundance kind of a thing. Like, uh, yeah, it's getting that combination of entertainment and, um, an ideology. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's part, I mean, that's what I did love on the basis of sex yeah. is that, is that Mimi does, she does involve you. She does get you, you know, you're kind of, it's like a sports movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. And you're, you know, there's four minutes that, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg gets to change the world. <laughs> yes. This is this amazing rebuttal towards the end. Um, is that is that a day you like mark on the calendar? Like that's a great moment. As you say, it is kind of it's like the it's the punch out moment. Yeah. Like you get that great moment. I just love I just love the way she directed it. You know, there's a moment where you think she's not going to be able to get up and do it, right. and you know, is, is she gonna <laughs> is she gonna make the touchdown? And then Marty goes to stand up, and she and then Mimi has this great close up of. Ruth Bader Ginsburg just stop, you know, stopping him and being like, "No, I can do it. I, <laughs> you know, I can get through <laughs> the, I can get through the finish line." Exactly. But somehow, that's what I love movies that have a fusion because you, you were there to be entertained yeah. and laugh and and celebrate as as well as hopefully there being a bit of a takeaway from it. It's also fascinating. I mean, I, I'd love to have Mimi in here at some point because like her journey is is oh, fascinating yeah. too. I mean, she's somebody that. You know, if you look it up, like she should clearly should have been directing some more features in the last 15, 20 years. And yeah, can, yeah, I'm, she's I'm, definitely um, she's definitely. Yeah. I mean, like Justice Ginsburg, yeah, they've had to navigate a, yeah. a, a complex industry that wasn't that wasn't on their side. Right. Um, but she just has such phenomenal experience and a deep understanding of timing and right. and storytelling. And, and it's interesting. So many films you can watch you can sort of admire the endeavor but does it keep you engaged from start to finish is, an, is another thing this one does definitely um well i mean it's a good reminder a as you said it's, it's extraordinarily entertaining i mean it, it really is and it's also just a reminder of of good in the universe and progress that that we have achieved and the progress that we still have to strive for 
in these in these dark ominous times. <laughs> change we, is possible. Change folks. is possible, though. No, it really it leaves you on a high, which is an important thing now. And uh, if it can inspire anybody, I mean, you've done a great thing. Oh, thank um, you. Congratulations uh, again. You're welcome here anytime. Thanks for stopping by the silly office. Thank you. And I absolutely love talking to you every time. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. Very sweet. Uh, and I'll see you anywhere but a hot air balloon on the next. On the next yeah, one. no way. We'll talk about it to death. No way. Exactly. But I will not get in a balloon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone. Uh, Fantastic. Thanks. Lovely. Thanks so much. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. Ha <laughs> ha